Namaste and welcome to the River of Wisdom podcast, a podcast that brings to you the ancient Vedic tradition, which reveals that you are pure being, having a human experience. I'm your guide by the side, Swamini V. Let us flow, you and I, on the banks of the River of Wisdom. Last week, I was in Kashi, an ancient city which means light. It is also known as Varanasi. Besides it being known as the place of illumination, the place that Shiva resides in, it is also known as the city of death. Nowhere in the world is death welcomed as much as it is in Kashi. Nowhere in the world is death considered just an event as much as it is in Kashi. Nowhere in the world are people concerned equally about the final rights for a dog or a monkey as much as in Kashi. Nowhere in the world is death considered just a transition, a transition where the jiva gets liberated from the cycle of birth and death. It is here in Kashi that the wisdom of the Vedic tradition about life and death comes alive. As one glides along the calm waters of Gangaji, one comes to a specific ghat called the Manikarnika Ghat. Ghat is a place where you access the river, a landmass which generally is in the form of steps. It is a place where Agni, the fire, has been burning for the last thousands of years, never been extinguished. It is the place where that very Agni is used to cremate more than 150 bodies that arrive there every single day. It is here where Shiva is known to come and whisper into the ears of the dead the teaching that sets the person free. In this open-air crematorium, at any given time, there are at least three to four bodies that have been consigned to flames. Nowhere is the transience of the physical dimension so evident, so palpable, as much as it is in Manikarnika Ghat. Just being here for even an hour is a wake-up call. A wake-up call to the fact that your body and the bodies of your loved ones will also go through the same fate. The truth is, death is not personal. The truth is, death does not take its revenge on you. It is just a natural end to a physical dimension of you. I want to talk about three reasons we are afraid of death and how we might look at death from the standpoint of the Vedic tradition. Reason one, we are afraid of death because we think that we are just this physical being. In our everyday conversations, we use confusing language. There are times we say, I am tired. And there are times we say, my body is tired. Surprisingly, people around us understand. We use the word my in the sense of possession and that applies in any language. My phone, my chair, they are closely associated with me but I am very clear that my phone and my chair are not me. How about my family, my idea? 
I can use the word my only when there are two entities, me and the other. The other could be my mind or my body, my family or my idea. However much attached I am to my phone, I do not confuse it for myself. Even if I call it iPhone, I still do not confuse it for myself. But when it comes to the body, things change. I say my body, but actually think that I am merely this body. I say my mind, which means me and the mind, and still wrongly think that my mind is me. The Vedic tradition presents us with an unbeatable logic. What you are aware of, you are not that. You are aware of the body being uncomfortable. You change the position of the body. You walk into a restaurant and are so sure you want to eat Chinese food. And then a few moments later, after seeing what others are having, you change your mind to have North Indian food. We walk, sit, stand, talk, run, listen, sing, dance, eat, etc. All the various activities are done with the body. We think, feel, remember, analyze, synthesize, meditate, etc. All these activities are done with the mind. If the body and mind can change, then they are not constant. What is changing all the time cannot be its defining reality. If I was sometimes hot and sometimes cold, heat and light being the defining feature of fire will no longer hold. Then, when the body and mind change, who does the changing? I, the conscious being, connected with the body-mind-sense complex, change the activities of the body and mind. I am aware of the changes and hence, I can change the schedule of what I do with my body and mind. The Bhagavad Gita shares that just as we discard old clothes and take on new clothes, the jiva, the individual, takes on many different bodies. Can we appreciate the possibility that maybe I am more than this physical being? Can we appreciate the possibility that what happens to the physical dimension of me does not really affect me, the conscious being? Can we appreciate the possibility that physical changes can happen to the body, everybody, whether it is a Miss or a Mr. Universe, will go through disease, old age and finally death. But I, the conscious being, am never affected. If we are able to appreciate the possibility that I am more than the physical and psychological dimension, then perhaps I will not be so afraid of death. The second reason we are afraid of death is because we are not awake to the fact that death or end of something is all around us. We fear death because we think we fear the end of something. Dealing with any end is dealing with a sense of loss. What will I do without person X? What will I do if I have no money? What will I do if I lose my limbs in an accident? 
what will I do if I lose my reputation? We believe that we will not be able to cope with the end of something, a loss of something. But in actuality, we are dealing with the end of so many things all the time. In actuality, we are dealing with losses all the time, as much as we are dealing with gains. As one moment glides into another moment, the previous moment is now dead, gone forever. All that you did in those few moments now goes archived into the memory bank, if it was significant. All that was present now goes into the past. Recently, when I was talking to a 12-year-old, I remarked, in a year's time from a child, you will be a teen. And she corrected me. You know, I am a preteen, as her parents rolled their eyes. For her, the period of childhood had ended and she reveled in being a preteen. The period of childhood has to end for adolescence to begin. Old cells in the body die to give way to regeneration of new cells every day. As the seasons change, spring ends for summer to begin. Summer has to end for monsoons to begin. Darkness ends when there is light. When the sun sets, there is a temporary end of natural light for one part of the globe. A romantic relationship has to end for another to begin conventionally. In the Vedic tradition, the Bhagavad Gita, a profound dialogue of teaching about realities, has something to say about life and death. Bhagavan Krishna rightly says that there is no remedy, parihara, for death. Jatasya hidruvo mrityuhu dhruvam janma mrityasya cha tasmada parihar yerthe natvam shojitumarhasi. For that which is born, death is certain. And for that which is dead, birth is certain. So, what do I do? Therefore, tasmad, you need not grieve for that which does not have a remedy, which cannot be altered. We grieve because we are not awake to reality. A disease can have a remedy. A problem can have a solution. But for that which is born, it will die. There is no remedy. Can we appreciate the possibility that things are ending around us all the time as much as things are being created? Can we appreciate the possibility that we have looked forward for things to end in our lives, for new possibilities, new realities. Can we appreciate the possibility that we have not only survived, but have been able to handle the end of possessions, the end of phases, the end of relationships in our lives? Perhaps, if we are awake to these realities, we may not be so afraid as this Two shall pass. The third reason we are afraid of death is because we have not really learned how to live. People who have lived a fulfilled life do not resist death. Why? Because they are awake to their own reality. People who live a fulfilling life recognize that the purpose of their life journey 
is to break free from all limitations. And that can happen only in the discovery of themselves as pure limitless being. This is freedom while living, also referred to as Jivan Mukti. Through an analysis of their life experiences, these people discover that they cannot rest peacefully until they find a solution to the human problem of the sense of inadequacy. Because of the possibility presented by the Vedic tradition of the ultimate freedom, these people learn to live a life of dharma while earning money and enjoying the good things of life. These people live a life of priorities, learn to have fulfilling relationships with family and friends, their ancestors, the environment, their teachers and the devatas, deities that are blessing their lives all the time. Committed to the pursuit of their own freedom, these people are willing to do whatever it takes irrespective of their lifestyle. These people who have truly learned to live see their whole life as a blessing, a life full of grace and hence live it completely and fully. These people truly understand that the body-mind are just karanas, instruments to function. Surely an instrument does not define me. Surely what happens to the body and mind cannot define me as I am aware of all that changes. Surely I am aware of that change called death because I am nityaha, that which always is. You matter, your life matters, what you do with your life matters. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful and you think it might benefit someone, I do hope you will consider sharing it. To connect with the Vedic tradition or deepen your existing connection with it, you can also visit www.discoveratma.com that is D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R-A-T-M-A dot com. See you next week.